0: But a lot of my investors make a lot of money, and then they burn it on investing in a whole bunch of startups and a whole bunch of industries, thinking they're getting diversification when they're just blowing their money. And um, related to professors, I remember when I was in my undergrad, there was a division in the business school that was like the entrepreneurial college. But despite that, I got in trouble because I was starting and running a business in the computer lab. And I got a letter from the dean saying that my access would be removed if I was caught trying to start a business using university resources. <laughs> So I've not donated $1 to that school. Yeah. Uh, Trace, I'd like to, I was in your offices recently, and one of your team members, Shane, who is a doctor, I believe, if I'm mistaken, doctor MBA, and an MBA as well, he mentioned that many times you have such an institutional mindset that as you're growing, the team sometimes turns around and says, well, how are we going to do that? We're already really busy. How are we going to pull that off? But somehow, you know, coming from the private equity world, you know, either know how to structure it or just work through those details. Can you share how do you scale 10 times faster than the average medical practice owner that I talk to?
1: Yes, thank you. You have to have people that believe you can do it. And so when I partnered with, so I went with four different private equity firms, uh, and then when I got with my two partners, they're like, yeah, we could do four or six a year, and I'm like, I've done 30 a year, we're gonna do more than that, we're gonna average 20 a year. And so like I hired an HR director from one of the platforms I worked with to come and work with us, and another controller to come over. So people that had worked in different states and hired and done these things. And so it's really getting people around you that have done it, but getting the people around you, too, to believe that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Because once you know you can do it, you know you can do it. And then many times they say, how are we going to do it? I said, I don't care. We're just going to drive forward and make it happen. And so that's also just, you know, having that drive and passion and work ethic to go, we're going to do it. I don't know how we are, but ethically. and, And we've to you know your point opened 18 clinics last year and you're going to have 40 by the end of this year and but yeah it's exciting
0: yeah i had a dinner with an 8 billion dollar family office recently and one of their co-founders and um, you know i asked him what makes the difference of your clients who becomes super ultra wealthy or not and they said well some just get complacent start making enough money whether it's 3 to 3 to 500,000 or million a year and they just start working less and they're not they don't have that drive so we're going to talk about that during the fireside chat later with paul carter um would like to go down the line now and ask a couple of you um on um the most innovative surprising unique ways you're using tech to gain an edge and i think uh, james you ended uh with a comment related to that i know madeline um mentioned tech as well so maybe we can start with you too and see who else would like to answer that but um, like james for example you said that you can really drive ebitda and automate parts of running a medical practice, can you share a couple examples of how that happens?
2: Sure. So, I guess I'll start with with my journey and be very quick here because I know I did the two sentence rule. I think. Sure. Uh, but uh, my previous life, I actually managed a billion dollar business in self driving vehicle technologies. And when we exited that business and sold, then I had a two year non compete. And I figured I'm going to go to healthcare. Why? Because healthcare is broken. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to be a great guy. And. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I initially, I don't know anything about healthcare, so I figured I'd just buy some medical practices, got with a banker and started looking at medical practices that were for sale, thinking, oh, I'll do a roll-up. All kinds of people are doing roll-ups nowadays. And I was shocked to see that nobody actually makes money in medical practices. I mean, it's astonishing. The EBITDA that's left in the actual entity makes healthcare one of the worst businesses on the planet. And so, as,
3: as an engineer,
2: I... You know, became good friends with an operator of an urgent care chain, and I just got in there and started doing you know, Six Sigma Principles, where I'm just calculating exactly how much time is spent everywhere. And that's when I realized that physicians are wasting about two-thirds of their time doing clerical work that they shouldn't be doing. And so when you think about what is technology going to do for the healthcare industry, mm. you actually can recover two-thirds of a physician's day by utilizing technology appropriately. And it's those type of things where technology can really change the game. And it allows a medical practice to go from 3% EBITDA to some of our clients go to over 30 to 40% EBITDA just by adopting technology.
0: Great. Thank you. Yeah, I know a lot of family offices here in the room that I speak with, um, they do not have a really high power executive assistant. And they're just crippled by that, as simple as it sounds. It's like it's not an investment in them that they are an expensive EA. It's an investment in yourself because then they can do things you would otherwise have to do that are very annoying and are not your unique ability. Um, You know, Trace talked about how it comes down to having a team that thinks you can do something. And last Friday, I met for a couple hours with a billionaire who said every issue in a company is a leadership issue. It's basically, it's a training issue, or you hired the wrong person or you need to replace that person faster. And I think that's related to um, what's coming out of this panel so far. Madeline, do you want to talk about technology and um, some of the exciting things you're working on related to that?
3: Absolutely. So for us, it's twofold, both as investors, how do we use technology within our own processes? And then through our investments, how are we seeing technology impact the healthcare space? I'll touch on the first part because I think it's something that's often overlooked. I've been part of a few early stage venture firms now, and you would be shocked how many of them still have deal flow that is in an Excel spreadsheet or in a Google doc or tracked in fairly efficient ways. And part of this is how do you really aggregate the data and then create insights from it, especially in early stage venture where we're likely looking at 500 to 1,000 deals a year. It's both sifting through those, but if you can also utilize those to help your portfolio companies, meaning a question around what should I value my Series A at? Go and look at what deals have been raised in that sector, in those space that are like comps. Similarly, how should they be tracking in terms of their ARR or where their business is growing? You can actually use a lot of your own data as an investment, form, as an investment firm to make better decisions. And so that's something that we feel fairly deliberately about. I think second to that, as we look at technology through our investments in the healthcare space, there are so many areas where largely, and I think this was commented before, it's pen and paper and in-person industries. So, For instance, last year, we invested in one company that's a tech-enabled space within hospice. And again, largely, it's a huge area of need. I think it's one that's very important, one that, again, isn't necessarily one that we talk about, but we've seen very little in terms of either telehealth or in terms of actually automating the processes from an admin approach. So it's areas like that that we're very excited for for as as investors, in addition to seeing technology as used within our firm.
2: To listen to this full panel, join the Family Office Club by visiting
0: familyoffices.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next live event.